Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Good morning. My name is Philip Williams. I'm the CEO and president of Consolidated Uranium. As the name indicates, we're consolidating uranium projects around the globe. We're a new entrant to the space. We've been around for about 18 months, and we've now acquired 12 projects in four different jurisdictions around the world, Canada, the US, Australia, and Argentina. Fantastic. Lovely to have you um, on the show, um, Philip. Appreciate it. Last time around, went from 50 companies to 500 companies in the uranium space when the, when the prices spiked. Are you just jumping on the bandwagon? So no, we're not. I mean, as I said, we've been around for about 18 months. So we, we think we got in in front of uh, a lot of the other players that are starting to get in now. And importantly, myself and the team and the company, we've been in the uranium space since 2005, 2006. So we've seen the possible market and we're ready to execute on our plan uh, with the benefit of hindsight and knowing what worked before and what we think is gonna work again. Okay, well, tell me a little bit about that. So, so what is your relevant experience? So I've been in the mining business since 1999. In 2006, I started research as a research analyst covering the uranium space. So for a few years, I was on the sell side writing reports on uranium companies around the world. Then I went to a buy side investment fund, which was, which was a junior natural resource fund. We had about a billion dollars under management. And importantly, about 20% of that was in uranium. That was my portfolio. So again, I went around the world looking at uranium projects that we were putting money to work in. I then went into investment banking. I spent four and a half years as a managing director of an institutional investment dealer here in Toronto, focused on all metals, but uranium was a big part of my portfolio. And over that period of time, we raised about a billion dollars for uranium companies. And I was an M&A advisor on about one side of half the transactions that occurred in, the, in that space. In 2017, maybe a bit early, I left the street and started, uh, started a private uranium royalty company. And again, at that point in time, we thought, it was, we thought the setup was very, very good. And it, was, uh, and it was the opportunity to put a, a new model into, into the space, the royalty model. Spent two years there, put together a portfolio, and now that company is public, Uranium Royalty Corp. And then last year, looking at uh, opportunities in the space, realized that there was an opportunity to go out and, and consolidate some of these forgotten about orphaned projects that had significant past expenditures and resources in place. And so that's what I did with a with a, um, a group of partners. Okay, so, so you're on the finance side. Um, he's in the, he and the team's actually done stuff on the ground on the operational basis. I mean, he's helping you select which projects to go after, for instance. Sure. So early on, we brought on our, our VP of corporate development. His name is Peter Mullins. He's based in Brisbane, Australia. And the first acquisitions that we did are in Queensland. And so those were really brought to us by Peter. Peter's a geologist by training, but importantly, has a lot of experience in the uranium space. He was with Laramide when they put their portfolio together back in the early 2000s. And, and then on top of that, we've added, and, and we will add, uh, Mark Chalmers, the CEO of Energy Fuels. I think you're familiar with him. As part of our transaction, this is our seminal uh, transformational acquisition and, and partnership with Energy Fuels we announced in July. As part of that transaction, Mark's gonna join the board. And then on the advisory side, we have uh, Lee Courier, the CEO of NextGen. He was one of the original founders of the company, and he remains an advisor and strong supporter of the company. Okay, fine. So what's something in, with, okay, let's talk through some of the assets, because I'm sort of intrigued to say you're, 
multi-jurisdictional, let's put it that way. Um, you don't yeah. seem to mind where these th these assets sit. There's, you know, I'm trying to work out whether there's any synergy here or is it just building up a portfolio as a means of building up your own market cap before you kind of get going. So if you don't mind, run through the assets yeah. you've got. I mean, look, it's a, it's a little bit different than we don't mind where they are. We do mind where they are. And the, the places that we pick, we pick specifically. So when you, when you look at Canada, the US and Australia, those are you know, good mining jurisdictions for one, but also have uranium mines already in production in those countries. Argentina doesn't have a uranium mine, but it does have, it is a nuclear country. So not only do they have reactors, but they're building reactors and they're, they're, uh, they've been interested in having domestic sources of supply. So we do focus on, on the jurisdiction, but we wanted a diversified portfolio of jurisdictions because <clears throat> what we saw in the last cycle, Matt, was that single asset, single jurisdiction companies can be derailed overnight for reasons outside of the company's control. Normally they were geopolitical events. So a country or a state put a ban on uranium mining or there was a moratorium on uranium mining and we can go through example after example. And so we wanted, we took the position at the very beginning that we wanted to create diversification. So that if one of our projects happened to get derailed that we would have other projects to work on. And then we took the view that the converse could happen, especially with what's happening with nuclear power becoming part of the solution to climate change. We think that there, there are potential jurisdictions that will flip from anti-uranium to pro-uranium. Such, such as the Labour government in Queensland? Precisely. Right. So that right now is an asset which is going to be tied up politically. But at some point, you believe, as Paladin do, that it will come back online. What, what, what lends you to believe that? So I think so. First of all, I do think this that nuclear being tied into a solution for climate change is a big part of that. I think Queensland in particular, I mean, they have coal mining there. They have lots of other other mines in, in the state. And, uh, and our information is that there will be a thawing towards uranium. I think the issue uh, is that no one's really tested it in the last 10 years because there hasn't, there hasn't been the market dynamics to support bringing a project forward. So I think it's really about uh, pushing it forward and, and, and trying to see if you can get some support. And I think our project has some interesting features that would make it a project that the state government might be the first one that they would sort of okay because it's small and high grade, um, so it's got a it's got a small footprint. Not going to cost a lot of money to to move forward. Whereas some of the other projects in the state are much much bigger, and so it, it's a different exercise. Okay, well that, that'll be an interesting one to watch uh, for sure. Uh, Labour government, both that side of Australia and over in the West, are, are, are struggling with that concept. Also, Argentina, for instance, I know nuclear, nuclear energy at stake. We've had a company on, your own company, Junior, on here talking the story of being able to get the project over the line. They haven't managed to yet. Is that a kind of an, a similar, just park up for now, at some point they will convert. Nuclear energy is the way forward. That's the belief. Correct. And really, when we, when we put this portfolio together, the strategy was not to do a lot of work on the projects. It was really to buy them for what we saw to be pennies on the dollar and then hold on to them. And this consolidation strategy is deployed in gold right now. And, and there's lots of, there's probably lots of companies that your audience would be familiar with who have done this same strategy. But the idea was bring them under our, our control and, and effectively sit on them. Now that might be changing because of the dynamics in the price in the price environment and where you know there is some low-hanging fruit with, with these projects in terms of 
advancements that we can make for not a lot of money to show either a development pathway or the ultimate size of the resource could be significantly larger. Well, let, let's talk. Let's talk about that then, because that intrigues me. I want to understand the full model, the business plan here. So, some of the portfolio is parked up; it will have future value. Some of it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the projects that you bought off of energy fuels, clearly, you know, if the, when the price is right, they form a producing assets. These these could be, you know, they they could, they could be they create value for you. The the projects up in Canada, I mean, Canada, very long permitting and licensing process again here. So, how how much more buying are you going to be? How much more consolidating are you going to be doing before you get the balance and blend of the portfolio right? Yeah. So, so what we've taken is a phased approach. So phase one was to build up some critical mass in the portfolio, get the company's uh, capitalization right. So market cap, but also our access to, to cash <clears throat> and then go after larger and more development ready projects. And that's really what we've done. So the fir- we did the first phase and the last, <clears throat> excuse me, the last two acquisitions that we've done, whether it's Matouche in Quebec or the energy fuels uh, portfolio, are, are sort of front end of the spear projects that can be developed, the Matouche project and move forward or actually turn turn into production relatively quickly, the energy fuels portfolio. Energy fuels for sure. I mean, if, if you want to go and get the kind of producing or near-term producing assets, the US seems a place to go, but where else are you going to go? Because, you know, if, if I look at Canada, you know, we've had lots of companies on here talking the story of, you know, we will get into production at some point when the license permits come through. But, there's some intrigue by the balance of the portfolio is either this is a game of let's do what Bill Sheriff did last time around and roll up a bunch of companies and he'll argue with me that he got into production um, mm. uh, and that's fine because people like the the size and blend of that portfolio and that's the end game here get taken out by someone or you do get into production with some of these things get cash flowing and then whatever time frame the others kind of flow in, whatever, you know, whether it be price driven or or your ability to get financed. How, what are you thinking? No, I think just that. So I think what we'll do is we'll, what we're looking at in terms of the M&A front is, is consolidation of complementary assets in similar jurisdictions. We don't really have designs to go into other jurisdictions at the moment, although we're opportunists. So if something something spectacular shows up and, and it's available for the kinds of terms that we can that we can uh, you know get our heads around then we'll do that but otherwise we'll be looking at things that kind of fit within what we have and again leveraging our our market cap and our access to capital to go do bigger uh, acquisitions but that, that's what everyone says right it's hard it's easy to say well you know if something comes up at the right price we'll buy it but how do you how do you make it happen because like it doesn't seem there's a lot of good stuff around and certainly not today well certainly after the last couple of weeks at the prices which you you're going to find attractive i mean not even in africa not in australia mm-hmm. so how do you go about finding them how do you go about having conversations like an energy fuels and making it happen getting it over the line well i mean i think the you know just what we've been able to do already the track record has shown that we can do it i think the other side to it is that Quite frankly, this 50, lit, 50 uranium companies that you're talking about, they're the same companies with the same management doing the same things. There's fatigue in the space. And so I think that's where the, so, and, and I think you can appreciate that these conversations, I'm not starting the conversations today, conversations being, being had for the last 18 months. And even prior to that, as an investment banker, as an investor, as a research analyst, all of my experience and all of the networks that I've, that I've put together over this time 
those conversations are ongoing. And so we've identified and having discussions and maybe, maybe, you know, a lot of them won't work. And that's, and that's really how MA is. It's a, it's a, you know, you have 10 ideas and maybe one works. Um, but, you know, it's, and it's about timing. It's about people. It's about, you know, there's a lot of different factors that come together, but, uh, but I think our track record is, has already shown that we can make deals happen. Well, you, you did in an environment where there was a lot of fatigue, but after fe- the resurgence in February and March and even of the last month or so, it just made your job a little bit harder, certainly more expensive, didn't it? I mean, it's all relative, of course. Um, and so, you know, that job one right now for us is to is to show the market that what we have is worth on par, if not a premium to our to our peers. We're not in that position yet. And so I think I think you're entirely right. I think there's a there's a you know, we're going to take our foot maybe off the pedal a little bit right now, digest what we have, get out there and explain to investors why what we have is superior to what we th- what we think is superior to our, our competitors, and then see where the kind of dust settles in terms of relative valuations and what might what we might be able to execute on. So when you, when you look at some of those tired stories out there, are you looking at some of these public market stories, which may seem a bit pricey? I mean, can, can you, did the prices... Just are they justified? I'm, try, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Basically, I'm trying to work out what, in terms of your view, your experience. You're looking at all of these options on the table, and you go, "Do you know what? They're all relatively. It's all relative. They're fairly priced. That I'm happy to pay that." Or do you go, "Actually, there's some here which perhaps are benefiting from the all boats, you know, rise, etc." Scenario. Listen, it change. It changes weekly right now. The prices are moving so fast, one way or the other, including our own. So. I really think that particularly for us, we need to get the energy fuels transaction closed and then see where, th- where things are. We're, we're, you know, our team is evaluating these opportunities on a daily basis. We have, you know, we have our spreadsheets, we have our, we have our analysis and we look to see where things are, but we're not, uh, we're not going to stretch ourselves because we're quite comfortable really with the portfolio we have right now. I mean, near term production in the U.S., marquee development asset in Quebec, and then a, a portfolio of other projects which have lots of great characteristics and, and things that we can do to advance those using our own cash uh, judiciously. So I think that's that's the first path, um, but we're, we're not going to miss opportunities by you know being dogmatic about one way or the other. Okay, okay. In terms of the energy fuels deal, you've got a two, two million bucks up front. You've got to give away 19.99%. Uh, shares to those guys and another three million bucks in eighteen months' time. What is the cash position today, and you know what, what does that allow you to do once you've got this transaction closed? Yeah, so we have tw- we have over twenty million dollars in working capital, and that includes we do have some shares of uh, of NextGen. So we're fully funded to complete that acquisition and funded for those contingent payments. Just for 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 uh, completeness, there's also a three million payment after thirty six months on on top of the eighteen month one. But so we're fully funded to for all of that, and I think what you'll see is when we will we'll come up with some plans in terms of those projects. But immediately, I think one of the things we do is is uh, do a, a drill program on the Tony M project and uh, update the resource and put a PEA together on that project. And that's probably about a million million and a half dollar US exercise. Again, fully funded for that. Okay, fine. And there's just to say for for completeness, another five million bucks when if it gets into. Production, right? right okay. Right. Um, so that's an important deal for you because that is the most likely, most likely production 
set of assets that you've got, the energy field, that's important to you. Do you think, 100%. I know you're going to reevaluate, but you, like I say, you've been out at 18 months. Are there any other conversations that look like they're close to getting over the line? I mean, look, that's a hard question to, to answer as a CEO of a public company. I think there, there's lots of conversations. <laughs> there's just lots of conversations. Um, there's some stuff around the edges that I think you'll see. And then the bigger, more transformational stuff, I think, is probably a little ways off. Right. Okay. So you're going to be polishing the story, telling the story out in the market and get people comfortable with, with, your, with, with your consolidation model. We've not seen that. Actually, I think I think Encore are quietly going about an ISR version yeah. of that, um, yeah. which you know seems seems to be going quite well. Good acquisition recently, or certainly, um, I think so. Um, do, do you, what, what's hap- what's your view? What's happening at the moment? Because obviously, I referred to earlier. You know, February, March, nice rise in, in share prices. We've had seen this kind of Reddit. Uh, feverish uh, response recently with Sput, et cetera, as well. Um, and then it's, it's come off today. I mean, it, it, do we expect to see a lot more of this volatility for the next few months? Uh, I think so. It seems like it's the new norm, this volatility. And, and I mean, this is a broader market sell-off as well today. Um, so it's not specifically uranium, but uranium names have run so hard so fast. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that there's some profit-taking. And... Uh, but I think it is going to be uh, it is going to be par for the course until um, maybe until we see you know we see some of that that utility buying in the spot market, which is what kind of I think everybody's waiting for. Of course, the the, the spot physical moving the moving the spot price every day is exciting and, and dramatic. But I think in terms of in terms of long term value creation and people understanding where the price might really go to, uh, we need to see some of that contracting. Do you think it's actually damaging? This kind of volatility, this kind of craziness in the market, spot moving so quickly, but not necessarily just because of spot, because of you know other buyers, and um, I'm not even sure if utilities are, are, are in that. This must be sitting back, going, "How does this thing, this thing play out? We've got two two years of uh, in, inventory here. We got to let this thing settle down because this is making us nervous. We could be going and buying and way above where we need to contract or spot. So is it damaging?" I mean, look, it's drawing a lot of attention to the market. I think the key is that, you know, the, 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 on the equity side, the companies need to fund their businesses and need to have actual plans to move things ahead. That's, that's how that, they're going to generate value for their businesses. And I don't necessarily see that in, in all the companies myself. Um, I think there's still a lot of companies that are kind of sitting doing the same thing that they've always done. I think net net it's positive, but yeah, the daily kind of gyrations are, are it's hard to run businesses around that. I mean, you just asked me, what about MA? Well, when prices of the things that I might be looking at are, are rising dramatically, and, and maybe it's not just a corporate MA transaction, it's buying an asset out of a out of a third party. Um, well, price expectations are through the roof because of that. So, you know, it, it is it is, you know. Diff- made it a little bit more difficult to run our business. But again, I'm very happy with the portfolio I've already gotten because I've been busy for the last 18 months. I'm, I haven't just started. No, no, I, I get that. Like, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to tap into your experience as, you know, with your, given your background, it, me as an ex-banker, I'm looking at this market going, what the heck's going on? It's, it's, this is crazy. I need it to settle down. I need to exactly where ba- the baseline is again. Um, you know, in, I get I, we we all need spot up or need so perception of spot up. We need contracting up. It's all it's all good, but as a banker looking in at this small market, this tiny little opaque market, mm-hmm. I'm like, how do I finance this? I mean, I literally think that would be one of the most complicated, structured 
pieces of finance I'd, I'd ever do because there's too many moving parts at the moment. And it's weekly, daily. So yeah. No, no, you're not You're not wrong, but I will tell you that, and I've just had three or four days of, of marketing with institutional investors. And I've, I've talked to, of course, the guys who I've talked to the whole way along, but there's so many new new players and new general, generalist funds coming in, wanting to have meetings, wanting to understand. Now they're doing their work. They're not necessarily you know, throwing money at it yet, but they're certainly wanting to understand what's going on. And, and uh, I do believe there's, there's going to be a lot more, uh, lot more money coming into the space from the institutional investor side. No, I, I, agree. Want, I agree with that. To deploy but the, la- the last month's been interesting, right? The, the prices yeah. have run. It's great. I wonder what's going to happen after, you know, during this week, having, it come, having come off and you know, what that's going to be attributed to. If it's going to be attributed to conversations on Twitter and Reddit, it's a, it's a difficult space for a banker to make a decision, right? Um, but maybe yeah. that's the brave new world we, we live in. Um, well, look, hey, Philip, I um, appreciate you coming on telling the story. Uh, exciting so far. Like I said, it's not, it's, you know, been out 18 months, not a new story per se, but perhaps it's a new um, concept and uh, a new group that people should be looking at. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on, okay? Yeah, thanks, Matt. Really enjoyed speaking. Just like to leave the audience with a few last points. First thing is we have a great portfolio. We've got near-term production potential. We have advanced projects, marquee projects around the world. We're well-funded with over $20 million in the bank to execute on our strategy. And we've got a team with deep knowledge of the space, and we're going to do a lot more exciting things. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.